Do you ever feel like you have 28 hours of things to do in a given day? Yeah, I feel that all the time. In fact, I recently read about a mindset called time poor, which I guess I suffer from pretty badly. It's awful. I never feel like I have enough time. And then, this is where it gets really weird to top it off, I actually still feel guilty for not putting in enough hours to do the things that matter to me. Just the other day, I started work at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I felt awful. I started at 7, and I felt awful. Because I felt like I was playing hooky with my day. I felt like I showed up to work late. Over the past 100 episodes, we devoted a total of zero to time management. And many of you are in the thick of it because September and October are two of the busiest months for weddings. So I thought it was a perfect time to talk about time management. And I'm going to bring in my guru, Katie Taylor Jacobson. We're going to talk about how to pick the big rocks to put on your calendar, missteps, even the best make when planning out their time and the next big move that you could make to create more space for the important things in work and in life. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. Katie, it is so good to have you back on. You know, we batch these recordings out, and even though people have heard you on podcast episodes recently, we haven't actually sat down and recorded one together in like a couple of months, right? So true. The summer is was packed and now our kids are finally back in school. And I mean, like, praise the Lord. Our house was so quiet today. It was clean and quiet. I wasn't like literally with our kids, you can kind of figure out where they are because there's like a breadcrumb trail of things that they've decided to leave out. And like some fairy is going to come behind and like clean up after them. That would be mom and dad. Um, and this, today it was delightful. Like, it By the was. way, you would think that with that description, Katie, that we have like a three-year-old and a six-year-old. We don't. We have a couple of 15-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. Which I almost think is worse uh, because at least the, the younger ones, they listen to you somewhat. <laughs> the teenagers just kind of ignore what you have to say. At least ours do. So anyways, but yes, I'm glad to be here. I've missed you. I've missed being on this. It's fun. Um, and I'm super excited about today's topic. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you brought up our kids because we're at that age now where we don't really get it, have a lot of say on what they do or don't do. We're just kind of hoping to get them through to the other side of high school, off to college and be good human beings. But one of the things that we've sat down and talked about are what kind of, the, what kind of life skills do we need to get our kids up to speed on, you know, whether that's making sure that they know how to carry cash because, you know, frankly, (laughs) kids these days don't deal a lot with cash. So, you know, holding on to physical money or the credit cards, um, that's a, that's a life skill that we want to have or how to cook, right? So that they're not eating macaroni and cheese at the age of 53 years old, um, as as the go-to for dinner. One of the things that we're really working with them on is the same thing that we work with ourselves on, the same thing we work with our team members on and our clients on, and that is time management. 
you know, this is one of life's most important skill sets that we all have to develop, but you don't really get an education in school on it. And that's like, that's kind of strange when you sit down and think about it. Yeah. I mean, there are like a thousand books you could read. You know, the interesting thing though, is about a lot of time management books is like, it may work for the, the writer who's writing the book. It's like, you know, probably a tactic that works really well for them. But when you start to try to translate it to your life, with your career, with your unique set of home circumstances, they don't always work really well. And, you know, so yeah, and there's no like college course that you, I'm, well, I'm sure there is somewhere a college course you could take on time management. But um, I've just, I found like every year I learn something new and I try it out and I've kind of cobbled together my own method and Anyways, I find it really interesting and I certainly like to be productive. So like I said, this topic is, uh, I don't know if it's near and dear to my heart, but it definitely gets me excited, which might sound a little weird. I also happen to love office supplies. So there you go. Like I'm that weird person who likes highlighters and post-it notes and time management. <laughs> and that's why you're my guru. And that's why you're <laughs> on with, with me interviewing you today rather than you interviewing me today. Sure, 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 sure. Because Sam, Sam's office supplies consist of a white notepad and a gel pen. <laughs> That's it. Yep, that is true. I have a file cabinet, but I just put stuff on top of it, not in it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about your time and what you spend your time doing. I, you know, I always find it fascinating to know what people who are doing work that I'm kind of familiar with, you know, but I don't know what they actually spend their time doing. So what do you spend your time doing in a given in a given week? What kind of things are you up to? Yeah, I mean, outside of mom activities, right? Like being carpool and, you know, cook and, you know, helping keep the house tidy and so forth. You know, I obviously have work. Um, I, I lead a team of, um, where there's a total of five full-time copywriters and uh, I lead that team. So I do some copywriting I do sales for the copywriting. Um, I I manage team members and do one-on-one -on -one calls with them every week. I have you know client interfacing calls where I'm having conversations about you know struggles they're running into. So you know my work is you know somewhat all over the place really. You know I'm a, a volunteer in our community, so I have those pieces that fall in. Um, you know and obviously I have just like many of you, I have my own interests and pursuits outside of work, friendships and hobbies and what have you. So that's kind of how my work at my, or sorry, my week, it get kind of cobbled together is, you know, a mix of a bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And you're a pretty structured person. You're good at organization. Uh, yeah, With all that going on, how do you organize the time that you spend? I mean, you're you and I get up around 5, 5.30, you know, maybe 6 if we're sleeping in, like I said, in the intro to the episode, like showing up to work at seven is, you know, really snoozing through the day. And like last night I, I got done at like 8.55, I sat down on the couch and looked at my phone and I was like, I'm going to play spelling bee today and relax. So, you know, what is that? 16 hours of going, going, going. And, and, you know, you were upstairs washing your face, <laughs> you know, while I was doing that. So like, it's, it's not like you were on the couch eating bonbons, you know, for, you know, a few hours before I decided to, you know, take a break. What do you do? How do, how do you how do you organize all that time? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to be honest. Like I, like I said, I've learned from a lot of others, um, and you know, I, I I 
should try to attribute all of them in this episode, but it really has been cobbled together over time. You know, I think first and foremost, I have learned that I have to put myself first beyond anything else. You know, I have to put myself, the things that are really important to filling my cup, to making sure that I show up every day as like a whole human. If I don't layer those things on the calendar first, they will not happen. They will get booked over. And I can't just put them on my calendar. Like they have to be the most important appointments that I put on my calendar. Um, so, you know, I I have to say, like, it's a layered approach. I layer one thing on at a time. And the first thing that goes on is that, you know, is, is the me. It's the whole put your gas mask on yourself before you put it on anyone else situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you start with yourself and then you kind of build out with different layers from there. Are you, are you going through and... You know, are you planning every day, once a week, once a month? I know when you and I first met, one of my favorite things to do with you was in the beginning of the year on New Year's Day, we would sit down uh, while day drinking and 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 eating, what did you call it? Fat, fat ass queso? Is that what it was called? Oh yeah, fat ass queso. I'll, yeah. If you're interested, message me and I'll send you the recipe. It's so naughty. It's awful. It includes mostly plastic cheese and uh, some some chili, but but we would sit there drinking, you know, mimosas and and having queso and chili and chips, planning out the year, right? Like writing what we wanted to do and you know, quarter by quarter, what were our big priorities and all that stuff. And I just thought it was so much fun. Um, it, what what are you doing? Monthly, yearly, quarterly, daily, weekly. I do it all, actually. I mean, truly, I start with uh, every year. I start with uh, a look at the year past and the year forward. You know, I consider what's happened in the year past, what worked and what didn't work um, in my day to day life, and and you know, and any goals I wanted to achieve. Um, and then I always look forward and think about you know what do I what do I want like. A year from now, when I am sitting down to do this again, what do I hope to have accomplished? Um, and it's interesting because my goals are never like super, I know they're not like quote, quote unquote smart goals. They're more like just like who I want to be as a human kind of goals. Um, and so anyways, I set those first. That's my year. Um, and then I, you know, then yes, I do monthly planning where I look at the month ahead and any, you know, vacations we have or work trips we have coming up or kids activities. Um, I do that once a month, kind of a deep dive. And I also kind of check in at that time to see how I'm working on those goals that I had sort of laid out at the beginning of the year. Um, and then yes, I do weekly planning every Sunday for a couple of hours. I get my meal plan done for the week at that time and my grocery list and, you know, pay bills and look ahead at the week ahead to make sure our, our kids, neither of them drive yet. So I look to see like, do I need to pick them up or to Sam, you know, and make sure he's in, you know, understands what's going on for the week. And, um, and at that time I make sure that like certain things that again, I know make me whole are, are noted on that calendar. And then and daily. What about the yeah? What about the mornings? Yeah, and so so actually, I do my daily planning the day before my day. So at the end of my work day, the day before, I look at what I have coming up the next day. Make sure I've you know there's I don't have any conflicts that I need to resolve. 
you know, any things that become critical mass on uh, a to-do list get pushed to the top of the next day as one of my kind of big three things I have to take care of. And and I tried to do that the day ahead because what I like to do is I don't like to look at my email when I first sit down at my desk. You know, when Sam was saying that we wake up in the morning, like we have, I like a slow start to my day, by the way. He's in at seven. I like to sit at my desk by about eight or nine, having taken care of myself and the house and my environment and my mental space before I get my day started. So I don't come in and check my email right away. I already have my sort of first couple of hours agenda set when I sit down on my desk and that's based on the daily planning I do the day before. Yeah, I love that little hack. I I think uh, I read somewhere, you know, about putting your clothes out for the next day so you don't have to stand there in front of the closet when you get out of the shower and you're like, hmm, what am I going to wear today? Which can really stall things or throw you sideways depending on how you feel about your clothes fitting on your body. And and it's nice to just, you know, get going real quickly and, and move forward. The to-do list the night before for the following day is a great hack. Well, and I know, I mean, I think that probably comes partially from my Four Seasons days, if I'm being honest. The worst thing, and there are so many of you listening to this that I know you relate to this, the worst thing you can do before you go to sleep at night, right, is pick up your phone and look to see (laughs) what emergency has just popped into your inbox. Because, you know, then, then you're up all night worrying about it. Well, it's the same thing in the morning. If I know that I have like a big project I'm working on, like a client's timeline, for example, if you're a planner and you're like, I've got to tackle that in the morning. And then you glance at that email before you get that first priority taken care of. There's no way you're going to get that done. You're going to get totally derailed. And then that client's timeline now is on fire, right? So it's like, take care of that thing first and then jump on your email and take care of the next. But I always like to try to get my first priority taken care of before I dive into email. Let's talk about these priorities a little bit. One of the things that, that you and I chat about is this concept called big rocks. You know, we're we're both Gen Xers and so we, we love a good business book written by Stephen Covey. And anything by Stephen Covey is great. But one of his, I think, probably most famous uh, lessons that he taught was on time management with the concept called big rocks. And I, I tried to figure out who to attribute it to, but I know he made it famous. And there's a video that I love from like the mid to late eighties with all the, all the feel of it being a mid to late eighties business conference. And he's up there with this woman and she's trying to figure out how to put all the rocks and the stones and the sand into a bucket. And the, the bucket is filled with all of the sand and then the rocks are laying outside and, and she has to figure out a way to put them into the bucket. And the rocks are things like, you know, spouse and kids and big project at work and church and hobbies and, you know, all the stuff in, in life that's important. All the things that you said that are really, you know, your, your mask, the thing that you got to put on first and work. And and the, the video goes through and shows this woman trying to figure out how to put it all in there. And she can't when the sand is in there first. And the point is, is that you have to take all the sand out, all the little things that fill up your time and put those to the side. Start by putting the big rocks into your day or your week first, and then start adding in whatever sand you can as filler. And that's the short version of it. I recommend if you're listening to this episode, go and and push pause and 
and watch the the big just google stephen covey big rocks and look for like the four minute version one not the 10 minute version but it's it's really eye-opening and when you go through and you look at your day and or your week and you think about how you never have enough time to get all the things done it's because you start off with things other than the big rocks so so when you're going through and you're looking at your week or your day you katie are really trying to start off with the big rocks and putting those in first i'm curious how do you how do you start do you do work stuff first or do you do personal stuff first no i'm so glad you brought up the stephen covey video in fact the way that he walks the the person through the video he just to add to the story real quick because he says he hasn't put the big rocks in first and he says is it full and they're like yeah yeah it's full and then he brings out smaller rocks and then they've got to put the smaller rocks in and he was like is it full you know and then the yeah. same one and then they finish that and he's like now do you think it's full and they're like for sure it's full and he brings out water and blows them on top i just love it and i i think that um you know, I was working with one of our team members, one of the copywriters on our team, and same situation. She was like, I am at capacity. I am totally full. And I said, let's open up your calendar together. And we got everything in her week scheduled in, and she still had 75 or 25%, excuse me, 25% of her week left completely open. And I'm talking about a Monday through Friday. I'm not talking about on the weekends, just Monday through Friday, what she had to do when she looked at her calendar, it was full. And by the time we got it done, we got it down to 75% full. And, and so yes, you know, layering in the big rocks first. And for me, and this is just, everybody's different, but my priority, number one, above anything else, is my family. And so, the well, actually, backing up even further than that is myself, which I already talked about. And so I put the things that I need to put on the books so that I can, again, come show up in the world. I put those on first, and then I put our family stuff in next. Because I think it's really important. Again, that's my value. That's my priority. Um, and again, everybody's different. So like, I think, Sam, you probably have a big rock that's more of a, <laughs> probably more work than I do. Mine goes me, family, work. Well, I, I do the same thing. I I think I just do it a little bit differently than you do. What I do is, um, you know, I, I, I just block off the time from four o'clock in the afternoon until eight o'clock the next day for anything that's related to family. And then I start thinking about what do I, you know, what's in there, you know, if family time, game time, love playing cards, doing puzzles, any kind of activity or things like that, that we need to do extracurricular for the kids. That's always in there. Um, but then, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go through and start with this block from eight to four. Like that's mm-hmm. my big rock that I have in there. And then it, like each of those two big time periods get then chunked up. But I, I try and plan things out for that. You know, you and I, if, if you look at our, our longer calendar, and and I think this is really important that I want to I want to bring up, we actually apply this not just for the upcoming week, but for the entire year. Uh-huh. We start off with what we want to do, and then we start off well, what what we individually want to do, then what we you and I want to do together as a husband and a wife, and then we talk about what we want to do with our kids, and then we talk about what we want to do with our extended family. 
And then we talk about what we want to do with our friends. And then after that, we actually plan our product launches or our you know big pushes for certain types of services that we offer. Um, I say yes or no to speaking engagements or to attending conferences based on what we've already laid into the calendar. So like my first wife, Allie, she's always like, why are you always talking to me about what you're doing next year? I'm like, because I got to, I got to figure that out because I'm already thinking about next year so that I can start saying yes or no or pass for certain business opportunities because my personal life is planned out first. And I would fully recommend that every single person who's listening to this right now writes down, what do I really want to do next year in 2024 and have nothing to do with work, but write down, when are you going to go on vacation? When are you going to see your family or your friends? When are you going to take some me time to do some self-care? You know, when are you going to block off some, you know, hobby or, or, you know, self-development, whatever it is that you want to do, put that on the calendar first and then start thinking about where can you say yes to clients for weddings and, and block off more than you ever imagined. Because the worst case scenario is you can always fine tune it later. But if you start filling in weekend dates, sometimes you can't get them back. Yeah, you know that saying, and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like something about like, tell me your priorities and then show me your bank account. Well, it's also like, tell me your priorities and show me your calendar. You know, you, you know, time for yourself, you say, is important. Time with your family, you say, is important. Time with your spouse, you say, is important. Um, but I don't think, and I, and again, I think it's partially because we are in such a customer-centric, customer service industry. Uh, and there's, you know, the wedding industry is made up of a ton of people pleasers, right? And so we want to be able to say yes to our- I'm a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. But we need to first, again, figure out what do we, what are priorities for us as human beings and, and what do we want our life to look like and then plan for it, you know, by actually layering it in on the calendar. Yeah. You know, we're joking around about how I'm not an office supply person, but you, you know, you're like, send me the staples and I'll be, I'll be out in three hours and 400 pounds lighter. The 400, sorry, four four hundred $400 lighter. I'd love to be 400 pounds lighter. <laughs> I was maybe I was like caught up in like England or something, but like I saw the the little pound sign instead of dollar sign in my mind. Um, a four hundred dollars lighter. Um, you know, when it comes to office supplies and organizing things, like I, I wouldn't say I'm the most organized person. Uh, I'm I'm not as structured as you are, Katie. But I do think that one of the things that I have always been good at that has helped me in time management and that I want to share. Because I know a lot of people who are listening to this are like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an organized person. You can still be somebody who's good at prioritizing. That's actually more important when it comes to success with time management than being able to organize. Because you need to make sure that you put first things first. You know, I, First things first is actually one of the seven habits of highly effective people, going back to Mr. Mr. Covey. Being able to say no to certain things or pass for now, or this is more important. And so I'm going to have to uh, back burner this other, this other item or activity for a while. That's a hard thing to do well. And it, it doesn't matter how good you are at organizing or moving things around. If you're moving the wrong things around or organizing the wrong things in the first place, you're always going to feel like you are out of time or don't have enough 
um, you know, the things that you really want done, done. So true. It's so true. Okay. So you're starting with yourself. You're starting with, then you move on to family. Let's talk about the work stuff because that I think is so challenging. You talked about what you did with, uh, you know, working with one of our copywriters going through, and I know you've done this with multiple team members because we want to make sure that we're getting the most for our clients. You know, the more clients we can serve, the better it is for, um, you know, for, for not, you know, not, not our business, but for the success that they see with the work that we can offer them. And so getting, getting to more clients is, yeah, we make more money as a company, but it's really about how can we help more people? How can we feel fulfilled? And, and I think that's one of the things that I hear our clients talk about that really saddens me is that they put a cap on how many weddings they could do, how many dates they're going to book. And, and I know that there is more opportunity for them to help more clients, for them to make more money and to feel more fulfilled with the work that they do if they could just actually organize that time a little bit more efficiently. So how does it, how does it work with the work rocks only when you're setting up your weekly, your daily calendar? Well, I want to add to that, that I think it's just as important in addition to serving our clients that we also don't burn out our employees. So there were, huge, there were two, huge issue. right? So there are two goals there in helping organize a calendar. And it's no different for any of you listening. You know, there's that piece of, yes, I want to make more money. Um, how can I work, you know, as few hours as possible and make as, mes- as much money as possible and not burn myself out in the process? And so that's one of the reasons, by the way, that I recommend layering in you and your family and your spouse, including that um, time with your spouse or your honey first, and then layer the work on because um, that's going to help you not experience that burnout. When it comes to actual work stuff, I mean, I'm not the creator of batch work in any way, shape, or form, but that is one of the tasks that I, or one of the skill sets or, or like techniques I use to help with work. That's just in case you don't know what batch work is, there's a ton of YouTube videos about it, but it's about grouping like tasks together, right? So that you're not toggling between lots of different, you know, apps or platforms or websites um, that you are set focused on this one kind of grouping of tasks during a period of time. And the idea is that because you're not switching from one thing to the next, you can get be much more efficient. So that would be like that would be like deciding you're going to do all of your contracts for clients in the same grouping, right? Or like in my case, if I'm working on a client's website copy, I'm going to put a big chunk of time on my calendar and I'm going to, you know, work through their entire homepage until that homepage is done. So it's grouping together things versus having to toggle around. So that's definitely what yeah. techniques I use. Yeah, I think I think that's super helpful. You and I both do this. I I I'm maniacal about this uh, when it comes to my calendar. You know, I I block off uh, deep work opportunities for myself that are in three to five hour chunks, so that I can do content creation. Um, you know, whether it's writing newsletter, recording podcasts, or actually creating training programs for the students that we have in our our group experiences. The um, you know the other thing that I do is. I tend to batch together client calls. You know, if I have, if I have basically 
I devote about 20 hours a week to doing client facing work. And so I block 20 hours for deep work, 20 hours for client work. And the 20 hours that I block off is typically done back to back to back. So like if I'm doing, you know, five hours of client calls in a day, I'm doing them straight through with no breaks. I mean, I'll take a five minute break or a three minute break, but I'm not doing like an, a client call and then I'm going to try and write a newsletter and get hopefully through most of it and then take another client call and then go and do like a podcast outline and then take another client call. There's no way that I'd be able to get into a groove with the creative work. And, and so that prevents me from doing the things that are most important for my job in the company. You know, Katie handles so much, Gretchen handles so much, our copywriters handle so much. I, the most important work that I can do is to make sure that I'm creating content for our audience and our clients to consume. And then after that, it's doing one-on-one work. And then after that, it's all the other things. So those are my two big rocks and I batch them even within the, the work week. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, um, one of our copywriters was telling me the other day that she does everything she can to schedule her Zoom calls on the same two days of the week. And she told me the reason she does that is because then she, now granted, we have the luxury of working at home, right? We're not, but I mean, I'm assuming many of you do too. Most of the week you're working at home. So she said, it saves me a ton of time because I only have to do the full hair and makeup routine <laughs> twice a week. And the rest of the week, if you were happy to get me on Zoom, I would look like a bad woman, you know? But I thought that was really clever and actually something that I plan to incorporate. So in the future, if you're a client, you're going to be able to reach me on two days on Zoom. <laughs> well, it, but it also applies to things like like we're doing the podcast right now. Um, you know, this is the third podcast episode that I have done. You and I will do a fourth one after this, and then I'll record a fifth one later today. And so there's five weeks worth of content that I've created in one day. You know, I I, I get a B, you know, in my seat focused on just this, but I also only have to set up the podcast equipment once and 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 do all the follow-ups at once. And so that means that just once a month for, you know, five hours, I'm getting the entire month's worth of material created. It's nice to in construction when I worked construction in my my early mid twenties. I I you know I learned a term rolling out and rolling up. You roll out the gear and you roll up the gear. And rolling out like the air compressor and the hose and the nail gun and the ladders and all the stuff, you know that could take forty five minutes or an hour at a job site. And then rolling up, you have to put it all away again. So you know instead of doing five eight hour days, a lot of contractors work for 10 hour days because it eliminates two hours a week of rolling out your gear. Same thing when you're looking at batching your work uh, in your home office as a wedding pro. It's, it's no different. You know, there's there's a couple of like batch work 2.0 techniques, one of which I'd love to share if that's all right with you, Sam. Um, well, actually two of which. Um, one is so one of the things that I have worked with our team members on is figuring out how long activities take them. We use an, a free app called Toggle, T-O-G-G-L, um, and you can set a timer for when you start an activity. For example, like I used the contract example before, or maybe it's like putting together a proposal, right? You figure out how long it takes you to generate a proposal for a client. 
and and say over the course of a week, you notice that it's taking you on average 15 minutes. Well, now you know how much time you need to time block on Tuesdays and Thursdays to generate proposals because you know how many proposals you have to do that day and how much time each of those proposals is going to take you. So that's like a little ninja technique that you can layer on top of that kind of time blocking to make sure that you're blocking the right amount of time. Because what I have found with working with our copywriters on time blocking is that we as humans tend to underestimate the amount of time things take us to get done and therefore are constantly feeling like we are behind. Yeah, it's called the planning fallacy. Well, we, we underestimate how long things take and we underestimate how, how much things will cost. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that that's one of the things. And then the other thing is um, if you have something like recording a podcast, for example, just because you were talking about that, and you know that there are certain tasks that you need to do as part of getting the podcast, you know, being podcast ready, setting up lights and your microphone and testing things or what have you, recording an intro, whatever it is, creating a little workflow for yourself of like the different smaller steps that it takes to actually, you know, finish a podcast or do your podcasting batch work having that little workflow built into your task management system like Asana or um, Dubsado or what have you, having that already in there will make it much faster on your brain. Your brain won't have to think so hard when it's time to do that batch work. Yeah, I'm glad you brought those up. And I want to talk a little bit more about this because I think it's super important um, for for people to recognize what knowledge can do to help your time management um, because we do all fall victim to the planning fallacy. You know, I mentioned earlier in the episode how I always feel like there's not enough time in the day to get stuff done. Some of that has to do with me just wanting to do so much. I, I'm like, I'm such an achiever that I'm like, I want to do this and this and that and the other thing. And like, wouldn't it be great if we did this thing too? I just want to do so much for our clients, for our team, for our family, uh, for my own fulfillment and enjoyment. Um, and so we end up underestimating how long things take. Well, you could just set a timer to all of this stuff and you'll be blown away by how much longer things take. And, and so having a realistic understanding of how long things take can help, you know, w w when we go through and we look at, at planning out Katie's time or, or our copywriting team's time, you know, and, and trying to figure out how how much we can get done. And, and when Katie and I do the sales work for copywriting, like when people can start all of that, you know, we, we, we know how long every single component of the copywriting project takes. Katie's gone through and done it dozens of times. She's kept a clock on it. We've, we've, we've done almost 300 copywriting projects in the last almost four years now. And we know what it takes. We know that it takes about 60 hours for a copywriting project to go from beginning to end. We know, you know, about half of it is devoted to the research and the communication strategy. The other half is devoted to the copywriting and the editing and client management. And so, you know, we, we have all of the things that need to be done. We know how long each takes and we have those in a project management app. And this is the really cool thing is that when we get assigned a new, when we, when a copywriter gets assigned a new project, we can then take those little smaller chunks of time that go for each one of those projects and start to drop them into the calendar over the, 
six to eight week period that we allot for each project to get done. So it looks like this, say I book Katie for copywriting, then we tell the copywriter, Hey, you got a new client. Gretchen handles it all. We get the contract and deposit. We do the onboarding a couple weeks ahead of the start time to be able to get the first interviews going. But in that time period, the copywriter is going through and blocking her time over a six, seven, eight week period with all of the individual tasks that are then batched together in blocks of time on a handful of days each week so that we know that she can get that kind of work done. We factor in things like vacation time, or holidays, or you know whatever else it might be. We pad it with contingency as well. Now, you can do this exact same thing with your business, and you should. So, for instance, let's say you're a photographer. You should know how long every single component of your client experience takes, from the welcome and the onboarding to pre-wedding work that you need to do, including questionnaires and research and data collection and client management, um, how long the drive time is to go to that particular venue, how long you'll actually be at the venue, how long the drive time is coming back, what you need to do to cull, to edit, to upload, to c- communicate with the client after the wedding's over, to reveal the gallery, to maybe then have block time for albums and print sales that you want to do or development, whatever, whatever it might be. And you can lay all of that out and you should lay all of that out in your calendar when you book a new client for that date. If you're a planner, you can do the same thing for 200 hours worth of planning. You can go through and allocate, you know, how many hours every month from the wedding date you're going to work by just reverse engineering what needs to be done based on how long it takes you. And you can then go through and figure out how many hours you'll be devoting to that client's project that's that month. This will allow you to, like Katie mentioned, put more work into a given day or week or month, or in this case, year, because you'll know when you can add a little bit more or you actually have to back off because you're overloaded for that particular month or week. This is why I don't like when people tell me like, I want to do 20 weddings in a year. I'm like, 20 weddings in a year. Could you do that if they were all in the same three-month period? Oh, no, no way. Okay, so over 12 months, you only need to do one, maybe two per month. Well, no, not really. It looks more like this. Oh, so if you had somebody inquire for February, you could actually do that. I could. Okay, so let's start looking at how many events can you do per quarter then or per month. That's a better way to look at your year. There's lots of opportunities for you to start optimizing and maximizing what you get out of your week, out of your month, out of your quarter, out of your year, if you start organizing it like this. Yeah. You know, and I was just thinking, because I know that there's probably some people listening who are like, Good Lord, this sounds like a lot of steps. (laughs) It sounds like a lot of work. Like I got to layer all this stuff on my calendar. You know, I think by layering in your biggest priorities first, yourself, your family, whatever that may be, you're able to, and and vacation time and time to recover from a wedding, hint, hint, if you're not doing that, do it now. Um, Getting all that layered in first and then you're, you're able to see how many hours you have left, right, to play with. 
And then by timing yourself a handful of times, you're able to know how much time one project takes you to complete. And then you're able to figure out how many events you can actually take on. So even if getting really that granular is too much for you, like even that simple math can be done to help you determine how many things. Um, But I will say, like Sam said, layering it on your Apple calendar or your, your iCal or your Google calendar, what's great about layering in the different you know, hours per week or whatever, is that as things pop in, because life happens, you can just sort of move some tasks around and you know when you have spots available to put them in. So it's a really elegant, beautiful visual of, you know, what's going on in your life day in, day out. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll give you a, a real life example and then we'll kind of wrap up here, Katie. Um, I, for the first time in six plus years, I don't have any time in my schedule to take on new coaching or consulting clients. I, I, I hesitate to say that out loud, but I'm going to give you a real example because it, it, this is how I painted myself into a corner and, and how I felt so time poor is that I always want to say yes. I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I know that I can help anybody who reaches out to ask for it. And I know that if I don't know the answer, I can connect them or I'll work tirelessly to find somebody who can do it for them. And so when somebody asked me like, hey, are you taking on new clients? I've always said, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Let's do it. But it has got me into trouble because I then end up overextending myself and I don't have enough time to do the things that I know that our company needs me to do or my family needs me to do or I need to do to recharge for myself. And so about two weeks ago, I went through and I did just a big brain dump of all the things that we have coming up doing all the stuff that we just talked about and I put it on my calendar. And this is when it started to get really scary because I realized that I have so much stuff going on and so many commitments that I've already said yes to that I literally cannot take on any new coaching clients. Right. That, And I would not have known that if I would have done the old approach, which was to just, you know, think about it every week not really plan out a month or a quarter or a year in advance and just say yes, because I wanted to help people. And now that I go through and I look at it, I'm like, there's no way I can get more done. I have to say no to this speaking engagement or no to this vacation, frankly, or no to this new money-making opportunity because there's no more room. All the rocks and the pebbles and the sand and the water have been poured in there, I'm full. And if I said yes to things, it would be overflowing. And that's when that's when I start to run into to problems. And that has ripple effects with you know my my marriage and my kids and my friends and my existing clients who need me to be a better time manager so that I can spend more time taking care of them. Right. So you know, this is, a, I, I tell you this because this is what's going on. I know I'm not a wedding pro like you guys are working directly with couples, but we're all business owners here and we're all trying to figure out a way to, to live our lives and to support our business and to, to continue to grow things without burning out or overextending ourselves. So yes, Katie, you're right. It does sound like a lot in, and I would tell you it was a lot to go through, but at the end of the day, it took me two, three hours to plan out the next six months. And, you know, just kind of the, the big rocks put on the calendar. And that's when I was able to go, oh gosh, I'm, I'm going to be overextended. 
I, I got to pull back. I got to say no to more things in the future. And I'm going to have to change some of the things that uh, I thought were, were going to be the way that they were. Um, but now I know that. And I know that I won't end up in a situation where I'm having to cancel things last minute or work late or feel too tired to give it my all when it matters too much. Yeah, it's that whole idea of like, I don't have time. Well, you don't have time not to. I mean, clearly, you literally don't have time not to do it. And the stress relief of knowing that you do have enough time or don't and can in advance put out some of those fires and make some adjustments I mean, it's it's life giving. <laughs> you can get rid of some of that stress. Truly, you can, uh, you you know, Sam, you've seen me go through that. You know, and when that burden is lightened, I'm like a different human. Yeah, yeah, you went through it just last week. You know, mm-hmm. where we had to we had to make some adjustments for some fires that got put onto your calendar. Uh, even with all this planning, like things still happen, and you got to make adjustments. But um, you know, you can't give it all to the people who matter most if if you don't. So tell me, Katie. If somebody's listening to this episode and they're like, "Okay, this is all great. I love it. I buy it. What do what what should I do next? What are the first three things? What are the first three big moves that somebody needs to take to make some significant strides in their time management routine?" Yeah, I think the first thing you need to do is figure out like what are the things in your life that you need to layer in first to make sure that you can show up as a whole healthy mentally and physically, you know, head on straight human being um, and layer those in on your calendar before you do anything else. Um, it may mean that you have to move around some things you currently have on there, but it needs to happen. So that would be the first thing I would do. The second thing I would probably do is just start using a, a timer. It can be an online timer like Toggle or even just like the timer on your phone and start paying attention to how long things take. And then the third thing I would do is look at what kind of tasks can you batch together like we talked about, like contracts, proposals, maybe it's timeline creation, maybe it's digging into one client at a time and getting their paperwork out of the way. But somehow looking at how can you batch the work. And then you didn't say for number four, but then number four would be you should put it all together and to start blocking out some time on your calendar to tackle those projects. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I I will tell you that I am a work in progress when it comes to time management. Uh, Always been good at juggling a lot of things. Used to think that that was actually one of my uh, highest and most important skill sets. And what I've realized as I've gotten older is it's just exhausting. Like, yeah, I'm really good at it, but but I don't want to be good at this thing anymore. I don't want to be good at juggling stuff or adapting or improvising or figuring out how to spin 19 plates at the same time. I'd rather just have fun and not stress out about things. And so if you're like me, listen to Katie. I've started doing it over the last several years and really amped it up over the last six months, nine months. And it's it's made a huge difference in how I feel at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. And and I think my clients are grateful for it as well because I'm able to give them my all that, uh, that each one of them deserves. You deserve that, your family deserves that, and your clients deserve that too. So take Katie's advice, do those four things, and reach out to us with some of the successes that you have when you do.